Welcome. You've tuned into Living the Miracle with hosts Michael and Raphael Tamura. You are meant to live a joy-filled life, and you most certainly can. In this program, you will learn simple yet powerful psychic tools to help you fulfill your soul's purpose in this world. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Tamura and Raphael Tamura. Hello, hello, everyone. Hello to all our wonderful friends around the world. And welcome to Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. I'm Raphael. And I'm Michael. The purpose for our show is to awaken souls, develop intuition, and fulfill purpose. Today, we're going out to sea. Well, not quite, unless some of you are already out there tuning in today to our show from a cruise ship or a trawler, or you've got your phone in an underwater casing. But today's show is all about the miracles we have while we're at sea. R R R R R. I thought I was a pirate on the high seas. All of a sudden, I just, you know, it came over me. <laughs> oh, that must have been another lifetime. I love the ocean. I've always told uh, Raphael that my favorite place on earth was in the ocean, in the ocean. <laughs> my second favorite place is being on the ocean. And my third favorite place is being next to the ocean. Maybe I'm just all wet. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I think we've already lost Michael to the sea. I like the ocean as well, but I'd rather live close enough to it to feel the amazing life force energy of the ocean without the chance of being washed away by a tsunami or anything. I've had to work quite a few past life memories of dying by drowning in the ocean, and that's over quite a few years. It's interesting, since I really do like being in and on lakes and the ocean. And in fact, I'm kind of a lake girl myself. I grew up near, at least part of my growing up years, near one of the Great Lakes. As you know, everything in this universe is energy and consciousness. So, our consciousness and energy will always impact the energy and consciousness of everything we come into contact with. The ocean is quite responsive to our consciousness and the energy we express. I'm sure you've also heard the sayings, what you resist, you become, and what you resist persists. Well, years ago, when Michael took me out to swim with the dolphins for my first time in the Pacific Ocean off the coast of Hawaii, I was all ready to go into the water from a rocky shore with my mask, fins, and snorkel on. But I got a bit scared as I was standing in the surf and looking at the bay and beyond that, the wide open sea in front of me. I told Michael that I needed a second to prepare myself to go in and hesitated at the water's edge. Within seconds, the surf went from a few inches of soft water lapping at my fins to about three feet high waves crashing down on me. Michael laughed, gave my back a friendly nudge, and said, Stop that! 
He knew my resistance was producing those bigger waves. As soon as I grounded and centered myself and let go of any remaining fear, the surf immediately stopped crashing and the sea became still as a swimming pool. When we pay attention to what we do every day, we get to appreciate our innate creativity and power. An entirely different kind of miracle I experienced at sea happened during a 10-day luxury cruise that Michael and I were on. Even getting a full outside cabin with a private balcony for one-fourth of the price of an inside economy cabin was a miracle in and of itself. Apparently, two large corporations had reserved a total of 400 cabins on that ship and canceled them all just a few weeks before the sailing date. So the cruise company went all out to fill fill up as many of the cabins as they could. Even so, it was the cruise with the least number of passengers I've ever been on. Being so empty of passengers, everything on the cruise ship was more accessible and available than ever. I had wanted to an I had wanted to experience an art auction for a long time, and what a, one of the daily activities on board was an art auction. So we went to the auction to see what it was like. The bidding for each of the artwork pieces being au- auctioned off had to start at one third of the cost of the frames, and they were framed beautifully. This was more than affordable, but I figured that there would be heavy competition for the better pieces and the cost would go up significantly. Then, when the auction was about to start, I noticed that there were only about 12 passengers in the auction room. When the auctioneer introduced an art piece that I really liked, I decided to bid the opening bid. That was it. I was the only one to bid for that piece, so I bought it for one-third the price of the frame. We went to the auction many times during that voyage, and the biggest cost practically was shipping all the pieces home. Not only did I get to experience my first art auction, I actually got to bid for every piece that I wanted. All except one of them, I got one-third the price of the frame on each piece. And on top of that, I actually won one of the pieces. Yeah. <laughs> and we still we still have that one up on the wall. Yeah, it's, you know, many of the pieces on our wall and in our houses, you know, I'd say about a quarter of the artwork hanging in our house are from that hall. <laughs> it was a hall. It was a lot of fun. And I think it was only on one or two of the pieces. There was this other couple uh, amongst those 12 people in the auction house um, that actually bid for something. And one of those times, we bid, they bid, we bid, and then they bid, and we gave it to them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it was it was a uh, really fun for uh, beginners to try out an auction and not, you know, lose. <laughs> not break the bank. <laughs> not break the bank at all. So we have a lot of nice artwork uh, that was like going to the Costco of <laughs> art galleries. <laughs> One of them actually went to someone else, was a gift I, I actually bought for someone else, and she was so delighted with it because it was a signed piece by a French artist. It was cool. <laughs> so, you know, as we've said many times before about miracles, 
they're always not only unexpected and surprising, but also given by spirit out of the sequence of time. They just pop up from the timeless. Being out to sea is um, such a different experience than being on solid land. To me, whenever I'm in or on or even near the ocean, it feels like a miracle. It feels timeless, especially when I'm swimming with my dolphin friends in the ocean or with my Onu sea turtle friends, too. I have no sense of time or distance. When we go out on a boat to be with the dolphins, we have a friend who's a great sea captain, and he keeps an eye on me. (laughs) According to Raphael, I'm not to be trusted (laughs) because I will enter the dolphin stream. It's it's just like the stream of energy. And awareness. And often, even their dream time when they're half sleeping. You know, dolphins sleep half of their brain at a time because if their whole brain sleeps like we do, then they'll drown, right? Because they have to, they are, they're mammals, they have to breathe. So, and they have to f- keep swimming and floating. So half of their brain works and so that they, they're on half duty. And, and that's why when you see in the ocean uh, a pod of dolphins swimming in a large circle, they're going one way, a large circle, very slowly, they're sleeping. They're half sleeping, and the side of them that's sleeping is the inside of the circle. The outside is awake. Everybody is awake on the outside of the circle because then they can watch out for you know predators or danger or anything like that or what's happening. And if something happens, then they shoot out or do do whatever they need to do to take care of it. So it's it's an amazing experience just being with them. But so even in their dream time, when you match into the dream time, you go with them. So you the part of them as spirit there that's out on the astral plane or out in their dream time consciousness, I'm gone with them. <laughs> it's an amazing experience because Although, also, I'm a decent swimmer. When I'm with the dolphins, I can swim faster, deeper, and longer by far than when I'm swimming alone. It's been like that for years. And before I had my near-death experiences, it was even more because, you know, I, I had a... a Oh my, everything was working. (laughs) The first time that I encountered dolphins in the ocean was off the coast of the big island of Hawaii. I swam off from a rocky shore and... The same one. Yeah, the same one that (laughs) Raphael was talking about. And I just swam off from there and 12 spinner dolphins came to welcome me. At the time, I was swimming by myself and when they came, I just floated to see what they were up to. So I just stopped swimming and I just was floating in the water and the 12 dolphins start to circle me. And this wasn't their, their sleep cycle. This was their you know, active doing stuff cycle. So it was very deliberate and the 12 dolphins circled me and started swimming around me in a perfect clockwise circle. 
about a six to eight foot radius away from me in the center of the circle. They just kept circling and circling and circling. I just watched them. It was beautiful. It's like a dance. Then I noticed that they were weaving an energy matrix around me with each revolution. It was like watching a, uh, what is it called? Knitting? Not knitting, but crocheting or something like that, but on an incredibly intricate level. And they were, I can see the uh, energy matrix that they were weaving. That's the only way I can say it is it's like a energy weaving of intricate geometrical uh, forms and it was forming into a beautiful iridescent blue light so it's like they were using this this um, uh, thin string of incredible beautifully uh, iridescent blue light and weaving this very intricate geometrical pattern around me and as I was watching, it got more and more, oh, it's a half dome over me. So the dome they were uh, weaving, it was like an extraordinarily intricate version of a geodesic dome. And they were weaving this geometric energy dome over me. So I was still in the center, and this dome was being made to cover me. As they completed the dome over me, they kept circling, and so I kept watching, and the dome continued into the lower sphere. So the upper dome was was finished, and now they start to weave the lower dome to enclose me in a sphere. After quite a while, the full sphere was completed, and at the very moment of completion I was watching, it was incredible to watch as they intricately woven, woven, and and then final spot at the top or at the very bottom of the dome was the last thing. And once that was completed, I instantly was immersed in a almost explosive radiance of white light that filled the entire inside of the sphere. It's like it came from the outside and and engulfed and kind of went right through me, and it was an amazing experience and a profound healing. After my experience of being immersed in this wonderful, powerful radiance, I heard the dolphins welcome me home, and they said they would come to see me again. It felt like I was welcomed and accepted into their ohana, or family. Ever since that experience, Every time I enter into those waters in, around Hawaii, various dolphins come to see me. On my 50th birthday, we charted a private boat for four of us, and when I went into the water, a pot of 12 bottlenecks, a pot of 20 spotted, and a pot of 40 or 42 spinners greeted me. And the captain told me that it was a rarity that the three species of dolphins that rarely swim near each other were swimming together with me. And also because, I, you know, one of the species is uh, nocturnal and the other, no, one of them's diurnal and they, they are awake in the daytime and go hunting 
And then the other two are uh, nocturnal. They go out uh, to feed in the nighttime. So they were all swimming together in the middle of the day. (laughs) And on that occasion, when I was in the water, the bottlenose dolphins surrounded me closest. And one big male dolphin slowly swam toward me. And then when we locked eye to eye, it's an amazing experience when you lock eye to eye. He slowly passed by me about a foot away. As we were eye to eye and face to face, suddenly I only saw what seemed like a pure blank whiteboard. I no longer saw the water. I didn't see my hands or feet or fins or anything, bubbles. I didn't see the dolphin. I didn't see anything else. It was just like somebody stuck this pure white blank whiteboard right through my head. (laughs) And that's all I could see. And there's nothing between me and the board. There's nothing beyond the board. And then all of a sudden, big black letters, like the industrial type, you know, printer printing letters on it. And so I start to see these letters forming some kind of a word or sentence or something. At that time, I didn't know any Hawaiian other than the few words almost everybody knows, like aloha and mahalo and stuff like that. But I, I thought it must be written in Hawaiian. I tried to memorize it as best that I could to ask the captain about its meaning if it meant anything in Hawaiian. Then as suddenly as the whiteboard came into view, it disappeared and my normal vision was restored. I saw the dolphin's tail flukes floating by my face. So just a, that small period of time was when all that was going on. When I got on the board, the boat, and I told the captain what happened and what I saw on the whiteboard, as I tried to pronounce the word as I saw it, the captain said, nah, doesn't sound Hawaiian. Then he asked me if I can spell it all the way the way I saw it. And when I spelled it out, ah, oh, that's kama'aina, he explained. And, and he asked me that what it felt like when this whole experience was happening. I told him it felt like I was being welcomed home. He laughed and he said, that's exactly what they were doing. He told me that kama'aina in that context meant something akin to welcome home, uh, welcome back, homeboy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, our first break is coming up, and we have a new teleclass coming up on Saturday, March 21st from 10 a.m. to noon Pacific time. This one will be on your clairsentience, sorting out what you feel. Join us for this teleclass that you can attend from most anywhere in the world on your phone to learn about your soul ability to feel energy, feel others' emotions, whether a place is safe or not, and so much more. Learn how you can better manage your sensitivity to others' energies that you are feeling all of the time. Find out all the details and sign up on our website events calendar section on www.michaeltamora.com or better yet, sign up by calling our office at 1-530-926-2650 during normal business hours, Pacific time, Monday to Friday, and talk to our amazing assistant, Noelle. And if you get the voicemail, leave her a message and she will get back to you. We'll return in a couple of minutes to continue with 
Miracles at Sea and Michael's story too. See you in a minute. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. We hear just be you a lot these days. But who are you? What is an authentic life? The answer to these questions and more will be answered on The Authentic Living Show, hosted by Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of today's spiritual, psychological experts and will provide her own wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your I am. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Are you aware that each one of us was born with a mission, a sense of purpose? Even if you don't know it yet, it will reveal itself. Pay attention to the clues that will lead you to uncover your mission. Listen to Mission Possible program with host Carol Ann Fernandez. Along with some amazing guests, Carol Ann seeks to help you along the journey to manifest your mission. It's time to unleash your greater potential. Mission Possible program airs live every Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. Want to make positive changes in your life? Explore mindfulness with host Rusty Williams on Thinking Hypnotically, Living Mindfully. People from all walks of life use hypnosis and mindfulness to overcome problems and increase positivity. It's time to take back control of your own life and make it more productive. Tune in for Thinking Hypnotically, Living Mindfully, live every Wednesday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Time and 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Welcome back. Let's get right back to our discussions of miracles at See, <laughs> that's Michael making dolphin sounds. <laughs> well, just before the break, Michael was talking about this amazing experience he had where the dolphin gave him a whiteboard in, in his mind and put on it the word Kama Aina, which means something like, welcome back, homeboy. <laughs> and I bet some of you are curious about how that made you feel. So, Michael, why don't you talk about that? Oh, how it made me feel? Yeah. It was it was just like, you know, it was a combination of uh, when a group of friends and family who care about you uh, are organizing a surprise birthday thing or some, you know, congratulation or whatever, and, and um, you totally don't expect it, and somebody's leading you under false pretenses to, to some place, and then they open the door, and everybody goes, surprise! <laughs> it's, that was partly like that, and the other part was, was like a warm embrace. It's like being hugged by a whole group, 
not on a physical level, but a whole group consciousness hugging you, going, hey, you know, you're one of us. You're, you belong here. We, we want you here, and, and we're happy to see you, and that kind of feeling. Thank you. Well, you know, the sea captain that Michael was talking about is our friend China Mike with Sunlight on Water on the Big Island. And I always like to throw in a little plug for him. If you're on the Big Island, he he gives the best uh, dolphin cruises so that you can really experience them properly and within the law and all that good stuff. But I wanted to talk a little bit more about that dolphin dream time. I, I bet that perked up some curiosity by some of you. Um, you know, I'm originally a Midwest girl, and the thought of swimming with a dolphin when I was living in the Midwest was so far past my awareness at they, the time. They don't have dolphins in the Great Lakes? No, they, they have dolphins, <laughs> I think, in the lower Mississippi River, but they're oh, river, yeah, dolphins. river dolphins. No lake dolphins. No lake dolphins. But um, if you're interested in um, experiencing the dolphin dream time, even if you live far away from the ocean, you can. And how you can do that is when you're falling asleep is to think about the dolphins and ask to uh, the dolphins on a spirit-to-spirit level to let you join them and have an experience with them. And if you're one of those people who... You know, you've been dreaming of going to the ocean, but you don't have any money or anything like that. This is a good time to start to um, set yourself up to create that. One of the things I did in my earlier life was I always had uh, two large pictures of Hawaiian flowers on my wall. And every single day it reminded me Hawaii was one of the places that I wanted to go to sometime in my life. At the time, I could not at all afford it. This but was in your teens or No, 20s? in my early, very early 20s. 20s yeah. uh, my brother had gone to Hawaii and taken some pictures and, and sent me a framed version of his picture, quite large. And I decided that I would use those pictures to just have the energy of Hawaii around me. And I didn't think of buying a picture of a dolphin because that was a little beyond my scope at the time. But we're talking about it now, and I know some of you are very, very interested in dolphins. You know they're the most intelligent creatures on this earth. We think we're the smartest, but we're not. And they are uh, amazing, uh, let's say, astral travelers. And the dolphin dream time is one of the places they spend a lot of their time. You know, when they're in the water, they don't have to do a million things like we do. They eat, they sleep. They have sex, a lot of it. (laughs) They play, and they love to interact with humans, especially the ones around these tropical islands such as Hawaii. And we're going to be there in July. Yes, we are. We're actually doing an event in July there. right around my birthday and our anniversary. So if you would like to experience the miracle of dolphins, and um, or if you're even dreaming about them now, they're calling you to the islands or they're calling you to somewhere where they are. You know, there's some down in the area of Florida and, and other places in the world as well. But Dolphin Dream Time is where a lot of it starts. And these guys are miracle workers. They've been known to heal child, autistic children and, and people with depression and so on. Um, even some of the ones in captivity. Yeah, and 
you know, oh, another amazing experience more, much, much more recently, in fact, this past year that we were in uh, Hawaii and in the waters. And we go there and, and uh, swim with the dolphins quite a lot. But one of those times I was swimming um, with a group of us and I'm out toward the outer perimeters <laughs> hanging out and waiting around and I said, okay, the dolphins at that that particular time, they were uh, on a mission, so to speak. When When the dolphins are going to a destination, they're swimming pretty fast as a pod. And depending on the size of the pod, this was a good-sized pod of a couple hundred, maybe. And uh, so they're swimming pretty fast, but there's a lot of them. So they're going by for a while uh, if you just hang out. But I was on the very far end and waiting for them, and I I was swimming with them all along. Then uh, I figured, okay, everybody else is back on the boat, and the boat's way over there. (laughs) I thought, well, I better start swimming back toward the boat. And um, so I start swimming back toward the boat, and all of a sudden I notice, oh, there's there's some more communication. This one is not just a telepathic communication, but but the actual uh, physical, you know, clicking and the echolocation going on. And, and so there's a certain kind of communication they do where they're talking to each other, telling each other, okay, we're going that way, and we're all going that way. So the one I noticed there was probably the final little group of them that's bringing up the bringing up the rear, so to speak, and oh, there's somewhere coming, still coming. So I'm swimming toward the boat, and which is in the opposite direction from which they're they're heading, and I just kept on swimming, and I hear them, and and I can say, oh yeah, they're going that way. So I've learned to gauge that type of their physical communication where it's going. I can't, you know. I tried it underwater, talking Dolphinese, and they just laughed at me saying, God, where did you go to school? <laughs> my my pronunciation and dialect is horrible. They practically rolled their eyes at Michael. <laughs> but but I can hear it, and I can triangulate. It's it's like in your mind, you see where where the dolphins are physically, and then they're shooting their uh, energy. They're shooting their communication to where they're headed. And then you look at where you are, and then you make it into a triangle. And you, you, if I swim to the tip of that far tip of the triangle where they're headed, usually by the time I get there, which I'm much slower than they are, they they come by. So that's what I did. I triangulated. I went toward where the they're headed, and it wasn't too far away from where I was. So I went that way, and sure enough, the final subpod of this larger pod of dolphins, about um, maybe 10 to 12 of them, were coming pretty fast because they're bringing up the rear. They're going full steam ahead to catch up. So I, I went in their pathways in the, to the sidelines and, and just floated underwater and and watched them, waited for them to go just pass by. I figured they'll just pass right by really fast. 
And they did, most of them, except for these two, one male, one female. And they just swerved off of the rest of the 12 or so that's going by pretty fast. And then they passed me, looked at me and said, oh, it's you. And twirl around, come back all the way around to the other side of me again. And then they slowly came to check me out. And the male, uh, usually the male uh, is more protective and will come first and circle. uh, But this time, the male kind of lagged behind the female. The female came by and just totally looked at me. And it was such an amazing experience where she's, you know, it's the eye-to-eye contact. And she's going, oh, it's you. I know you. We met last, or uh, it was a few years ago. And, and so she shows me the image of the time we were at a different, totally different part of the, in the water, um, in, a, in the bay, and this was way out north. And um, that's where we met. And I said, oh, yeah, I remember you. And she came by, she circled really close, and then she did this thing that I've never experienced. She twisted. It's, she bent her body almost in half. And, and they, she circled around me and was giving me a total dolphin hug. It was an amazing thing. You know, we tend to hug with our arms, and I'm sure they could do something similar with their fins. But what she did was she wrapped her body Half of it was behind me and half of it was in front of me. And she's like this folded dolphin. And then she (laughs) spun around like that really fast right around me. So she's like, you know, a couple of times her fins would bounce off of my body and everything like that. But but, uh, uh, and more than the physical part, again, it's like when Rafi asked me, how did that welcoming feel? Well, this was even a hundred times more than that. It was so profound. And it was just this total hug, like a mother hugging you, you know, as a child who's so happy to have you back home after an absence, a long absence. And I thought, wow, this is, this is amazing. And then she did that a couple of times and she unfolded and swam around me a couple of times. The male one swam around me a little further around. And then they both joined together and flew out of there because by then they were a little bit behind. They were the final uh, two dolphins in that whole pot of over 200 dolphins. So that was a, but that, but that recognition was pretty amazing. And, and just showing me Oh, yeah, this is where we met the last time. And when I went back in my memory, I totally remember that. And it was about, it was a few years, like four years or whatever before. And uh, they don't forget. They don't. And like I said, they're very intelligent creatures. Really, the difference between them and us is they don't have the opposable thumbs, so they don't have to construct stuff. Like but they, they, they can give you a high five. I've had several male, more teenager-type dolphins swim by, and they lift their fin, and, <laughs> and they do a high five. 
<laughs> yeah, and the other thing about them is they know when you're getting in the water what your intentions are. So if you're filled with a lot of, uh, let's say, negativity and anger when you go in, they tend to stay away from you. Oh, yeah, they'll actually. go away. Or if you're, you even have other kinds of intentions toward them, um, they're pretty telepathic and they know this. But I'd like to share one of the experiences I've had, which was many years ago when uh, when Michael's children were small, we came up to a time period when it was looking like his sons were going to live with us. And I we had moved someplace into a good school district and had prepared our house and everything. It, it actually eventually didn't happen, but we were preparing at the time and we had one of our trips to Hawaii. And when I got in the water, I actually had this on my mind. You know, I'm, I'm going to be a, a, more than just a stepmom on, on alternative weekends. I'm actually going to play the role of mom. And that's what I was thinking about when I got in the water. And within a minute or two, underneath me, around me, very similar to what Michael described, I had all mothers and babies Hmm. And it lasted about 10 minutes. They kept coming around and showing me the babies, and they were all different ages from the little tiniest ones that looked like they had been born yesterday to other ones who were partially grown, that, hey, this mothering thing, it's okay, and you'll do all right. That was a miracle for me. And it also showed me how much they can read our minds. Yeah. And, again, because they don't have those hang-ups that most humans have <laughs> that you know oh we're separate individuals and there's no way that somebody can know what you're thinking or what you're feeling or where you're at and all that no they don't have any of that hang up <laughs> and so part of what they teach us if we're willing to learn is oh yeah be present show up that's an important important part of being able to have these miracles, is you have to be present. If you're spaced out, you're going to miss it. You can't really have it if your mind is wandering, you're, you're worried about this and that in the future, or what, regretting and, and be, being guilty about what already happened in the past and, and being angry about it or whatever. That's not being present. That's being in your head, so to speak, and thinking about all these things that you can't do anything about. But if you drop all of that, then you could be present. And what's so important about being present or showing up right here, right now, is that, ah, that's where you are, spirit, right in the present and eternity. Well, we're at our second break already, so jot this down. We'll be at our Living the Miracle radio booth Number 329 at the New Living Expo, Friday, April 13th through Sunday, April, I'm sorry, Friday, April 3rd, not the 13th, through Sunday, April 5th. The Expo will be held at the San Mateo Event Center in San Mateo, California. For a special treat, Michael will give a free 45-minute lecture at 6 p.m. on Friday in Room 1 at the Expo on Clairvoyance, Seeing Truth and Living Joyously. For all the information about the Expo, go to their website at newlivingexpo.com. We hope to see you there. When we return, we'll continue with our topic today, Miracles at Sea. And, of course, we're talking about dolphins, too. A lot. (laughs) A lot. So see you in a couple of minutes. 
think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Are you ready for a show about possibilities? Are you tired of boundaries and limitations and ready for expansion and growth? Then tune in and spend some time with Dr. Rebecca Huey, host of Mastermind. Dr. Rebecca provides a stimulating, encouraging environment designed to help you develop emotional intelligence, resilience, and the self-awareness necessary to create positive, long-lasting change. Listen every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Our thoughts and feelings not only affect our own lives, but the lives of everyone around us. Find new meanings of love, authentic expressions, and better connections with the people in your life. Tune in to Love Light with Dr. Jean Marie Farish. This program will feature guests and discuss ideas that will bring a better life to you. When you find this perspective on love, it will change everything. Listen live every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Exploring the Enneagram with Dr. E is an amazing way to help you be you. Join host Dr. Deborah Egerton as she helps you to see how exploring the Enneagram helps you understand why you do the things you do. Understanding yourself can strengthen relationships, offer new perspectives, and help you live the life you were intended to live. You'll look at different aspects of your life in a whole new light. Exploring the Enneagram with Dr. E is broadcast live every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Well, we're so glad to have you back. So let's explore more of the kinds of miracles we might have while we're at sea. Well, one of the things I wanted to mention um, that's been my experience with the sea or the ocean itself, having been uh, mostly a Midwest girl, and um, when I lived in, even moved to California, I never quite felt comfortable enough to live right by the sea. But one of the things that happens and that I experience when I get close to the ocean, especially in Hawaii, where for some reason the energy around Hawaii is much more charged on a higher vibration level for healing, I always notice that when I walk to a place that's right next to the ocean, I can actually feel the healing energy, the magnetic healing energy that the ocean creates and why people are so attracted to even being by the ocean is it's a magnificently healing energy. Um, And one of the things that it heals especially are deep, deep emotions. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And this is also part of why 
we always uh, try to have one of our weekend seminars in Hawaii uh, right around my birthday and our anniversary uh, in July. Mm-hmm. So any of you who want to join us then, check out our website. Anyway, another thing about miracles. You know, I've mentioned this before on other shows. Oh, miracles are gifts that keep on giving long after the experience we call. Wow, I just had a miracle. You know, that that's uh, one kind of an experience. But, but once you have that, I had a miracle. A miracle, it doesn't, doesn't end. It keeps on giving. So if you pay attention to it. And that's true for me with this experience with the dolphins, uh, the one with the whiteboard, because several years later, Quite a few years later, I was in the green room for a TV show I was to be interviewed on, and a woman came in to wait for her upcoming interview as well. Turned out she was being interviewed on a different episode of the same TV show that day. Since I got called out to the interview, we didn't have much of a chance to communicate um, at that time, but we agreed to get together after our respective episodes and go have a bite to eat and talk. Well, it turned out that this woman was known as the Elephant Whisperer <laughs> and was the go-to person, if anything, from zoos to wildlife preserves to just the open country, had problems with elephants of any sort. And they couldn't solve it on their own in their usual ways. That's who they called. And uh, she was, I think at the time, she was living in both in... Um, the East Coast, north, Northeast of the U.S., as well as in South Africa, uh, half the time in each place. And she would be, you know, flown around all over to go talk with the elephants. Well, one of the amazing things that happened during our talk, I was suddenly, in the middle of everything, I was suddenly compelled to tell her about my whiteboard experience with a bottlenose dolphin. And her eyes got really big and she listened And she said, after I finished, she said, she's never heard of anyone having that experience with the whiteboard with a dolphin, but that she's had the same exact experience with her elephant friends. And that a couple of people she knew who also work with elephants shared similar experiences with elephants. And she called them the whiteboard experience as well. (laughs) Isn't that something? And she also said that when the elephants do that, they do it in your own language. Well, when I told her that at the time, I only knew a couple words in Hawaiian. She commented that the dolphin probably considered me, you know, obviously a homeboy. So, of course, I'd understand Hawaiian. So the dolphin communicated to me in Hawaiian. We both were amazed at the chances of us not only bumping into each other, but to be able to share such a seemingly strange and unusual experience between species. I, I absolutely love miracles, but miracles at sea are something, something else. It, they're, they're different you know, than the miracles on land or in the air. Maybe because I was born under the sign of cancer, you know, for all you astrologers. <laughs> I'm all wet. <laughs> I love, I, I have to be in the water or near it, or I just feel like I'm just, you know, 
uh, what is it called? Desiccating? <laughs> <Yikes>. <laughs> Turn to powder. Like uh, Lot's wife, you know, she turned around and poof, she was a pillar of salt. I just turned into dust, I think, if, if I don't get some water. Well, I've had so many miracles, miraculous experiences with the various creatures of the sea. To me, just being with them is a miracle. Sea turtles, sharks, various kinds of rays, sea urchins, seals, sea lions, lots and lots of fun stories. But each miracle teaches us something valuable to our spiritual growth. Bottom line, every miracle gets us closer to spirit. And speaking of miracles at sea, one time, while there's been You know, one time I was body surfing in Laguna Beach and almost broke my neck. Uh, The one, you know, you learn to read the waves. And there was this uh, set of wonderful waves coming. So I I caught one and surfed it in. Perfect. Waited for another set. Ah, same kind of set. But the third wave of that set broke pattern. It wasn't the same. It just went way up and then slammed me down right into the sand in the light, you know, toward the shore uh, on my neck, on my head. And oh, it was it was pretty bad. It took me about three quarters of a year to fully recover my my uh, uh, what do you call that range of motion. But anyway, I was very fortunate. Exactly one week later, uh, a young prominent um, doctor, a surgeon, I think, exact same spot, broke his neck, and he became a quadriplegic. And so I, I was just counting my blessings. The miracle was you didn't break your neck. No, I didn't break my neck. And then there was a time when I was scuba diving. I used to be an avid scuba diver. I don't do that anymore. I just free dive. But... Um, Scuba diving was great because you can go a lot deeper and you can stay down longer and all of that stuff. But I just don't like all that equipment. (laughs) So I was scuba diving very, very early. In in fact, this was the first time I went scuba diving with a buddy on my own out in the open sea, a very first dive uh, without, you know, after I finished my certification course. And so... I was very excited, having a great time. And we got to about 70, 75 feet underwater and decided, oh, it's it's like an abyss after that. So you have to compensate. You have to put your air into your um, vest so that buoyancy compensator so that you can float up at the right depth and stay there instead of going up or going down. If you don't have that, you just keep on going down, down, down until you won't come back. <laughs> so we're, we're messing with our uh, respirator and, and putting air into the buoyancy compensator. And back then it wasn't now. All you do is push a button and go and then you're done. Back then you have to actually you know, get a breath of air into your lungs, take your respirator off, regulator off, and then... Put it, uh, blow into a hose <laughs> tube into your 
uh, buoyancy compensator. And if you need more air, you have to do it all over again and back and forth. So that's what I was doing to get the right buoyancy. And I just blew in all the air I had in my lungs into the buoyancy compensator. It just got right to the right buoyancy. And I go, okay, good. And I was about to put the regulator back in my mouth. Well, it's I never had hypothermia before, so I didn't know what happens when you get hypothermic. You don't know it. You're so cold, you don't feel anything. It feels normal. Everything's fine. And and then, so I, I just go, okay, <laughs> where's my mouth? Where's my regulator? So I'm, okay, I'm pounding my regulator into my mouth, and I can't get it in. And I'm going, okay, what's going on? Well, long story short, my teeth were clenched because I was so cold. And I had to manually, with my hand, open my mouth. Well, guess what? I couldn't close it. Water just rushes in. And so here, now I have to spit out the water (laughs) because you don't want to drink salt water. You gag. And then, so finally, I got it to where I wedged the regulator in my mouth, but I couldn't inhale because I couldn't seal my lips around the regulator. Water comes in. So I had to plug the holes in my mouth and my lips to seal it and gingerly start to breathe in. Well, while that was happening, guess what? Remember, I I was out of air at, at that point. You know, I had breathed everything out. So that first, you know, oh no, point of little panic, but then I realized, no, I got to get it together. And I thought of all my options, grounded myself, found the center of my head, and then everything stopped. Everything turned white, and it's, I was in total timelessness. I can think everything through one thought at a time. I can see it floating by and on my options, making my choices. It's like I had all the time in the world. I didn't have to rush. I wasn't panicked. I wasn't even worried. Everything stopped. Then I finally got it going, and I was able to have a take a couple of breaths, start going up to the uh, surface and and everything. But uh, that was a miracle experience. It's always like that when when you're going, okay, right now, I have to be present. And you're in timelessness. Also, one of the things that um, you'll often read in the news, well, not often, but if you look up on the Internet, I'm sure you can find these stories because I've seen them many times, which is um, dolphins will sometimes save someone when sharks are around and or they'll try to escort someone back to shore when they've gotten too far away from uh and they they lost their strength to swim. They'll sometimes yeah. uh, give them the strength and momentum to to go to be saved. And there were there were there was a Russian doctor uh, who uh, pioneered um, underwater dolphin assisted birth. That's a whole another story. That's a whole another story for another time. <laughs> well, we're getting to the end of our show right now. 
Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you gained a lot by tuning in. And um, I do hope you try to say hello to the dolphins if you've never done that before. They are delightful, beautiful creatures. Anyway, we welcome you to catch us again online next Wednesday on voiceamerica.com for our show on Miracles in the Air. A lot of amazing things can happen when you're up there in the air in a jet, a hot air balloon, a glider, a sailplane, or coming down with a parachute strapped to your back. Remember, too, you can join us on Saturday, March 21st at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on your phone for our teleclass titled Your Clairsentience, Sorting Out What You Feel. For details and to sign up, go to our website events listing for March 2020. You can also sign up by calling our office at 530-926-2650. We hope you can join us in that class. Until then, be inspired, use your imagination, and follow your intuition joyfully. This is Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. We will see you next week with Miracles in the Air. We appreciate your joining us today. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura can be heard live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again next week, remember to wake up to who you are. It's your purpose here on Earth. 